Yo, yo, yo. What up, what up? It's your boy, Big Drizzlax. Good, what is good, my people? It's good to be back in the MI. I always look forward to these. I had a little bit of an idea early on this week and I was like, I need to record a little podcast to this shit. I thought, I know I'm a little bit of an older head, but I was like, yo, hip-hop's universal. I'm looking at my analytics and there's fucking people from all over the world listening. So I want to give a shout out to your country. It's really crazy to see that people are peeping my shit from all four corners of the world. So shout out to my homies in America. Of course, we have Australian listeners and then people in the United Kingdom. We have people in Ireland. Shout out to my Irish folks straight up. One love to all my Irish lads out there. Then we got people in Zambia, South Africa. We got people in Senegal, Ukraine, Chile, and Denmark. There were a few other countries on my list as well, but they seem to have disappeared. So, uh, yo, I can't believe that my voice is literally making it halfway across the world. But uh, that's not really why you guys came to the show today. Like I said, I had a bit of an idea earlier on in the week. I was rearranging my record shelf. I have so many goddamn records. I really need to work on uncluttering and getting rid of some. And um, excuse the pun, but uh, the first album is Narcissilmatic. And uh, we're going to take a little trip down memory lane. I picked five albums from back in the 90s that I thought a new generation of hip-hop heads might be interested in. Maybe you guys just listen to newer stuff, you know, the Pop Smoke and the Juice World and all that kind of stuff, and you don't really know about 90s hip-hop. So I want to talk to you about a couple of albums that were really fucking important and big in the 90s. Basically, the first album I'm going to talk about is Narcissilmatic. The second album I'm going to talk about is Dr. Dre's Chronic, the first one, not 2001, the actual first Chronic. Then I'm going to talk about Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. And then we're going to go to Outkast's Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music. And then we're going to end it off with the Fugees, the score. Sorry, I'm just shuffling through my records. The first album, like I said, is Nas's Illmatic. So for anybody that hasn't heard this album, I highly recommend this is where you start. This album, I think, was voted the best hip-hop album of all time. If you ask any real hip-hop head about this album, they're going to tell you that it's straight up fire. It's an intro with nine tracks, and the way that Nas started off is that he spit a verse on Main Source's album. That track was called Live at the Barbecue, and when he spit that track, all of New York was buzzing, and they were like, who was this guy? His name was Nasty Nas. Dude was from Queensbridge, and that one verse had got the whole city asking about him. He was on fire. They were like, who was this kid? There was a chick from Columbia Records looking for him, and she wanted to sign him automatically just off this verse, and that's exactly what happened. Nas got signed to Columbia, and they dropped this first album, which is Illmatic. It was released on the 19th of April, 1994. 
it goes for 40 minutes so it's not the longest album in the world like i said it's an introduction and nine tracks he had a lot of super producers produce this album as well from you know dj premier who was one half of gangstar with guru large professor main source we got pete rock and we got Q-Tip as well from Tribe Called Quest. And then we also got LES and Nas as well. The album didn't do all that well in the charts, which is kind of understandable because it is a little bit rugged. There are a couple of tracks on there like Life's a Bitch and It Ain't Hard to Tell and One Love. I think they were pushing a lot of these tracks, but they didn't really come into that top 40. The album debuted at number 12 on the US Billboard charts. It sold 63,000 copies in its first week. So it went gold in 1996, it went platinum in 2001, and just recently, 2019, it's gone double platinum. I just want to talk about how respected this album is by real hip-hop heads. So Nasa's intro is from that little snippet in the movie, Wildstyle. I guess it was kind of like a little bit of a graffiti love story between a real graffiti artist called Lee, who is extremely respected and there was a female graffiti artist played by a real-life graffiti artist, Lady Pink. Her character's name was Rose. If you're interested in older stuff like Wildstyle, Beach Street, and then you got Breaking 1 and 2 with Ozone and Turbo and Special K and shit. I'm not really sure if you guys want to go that far back, but I just want to start you off on these five albums. So let's just take it one step at a time. So without being too technical about this album, I put it number one on my list because hip-hop started in New York. This is definitely an album which is respected by a lot of people. It's only a nine-track album, so there's not too much to digest. But at the same time, if you listen to his lyrics, you'll see that he's a modern-day poet. The way that he writes his words is just absolutely amazing. So... If you guys haven't heard this album and you give it a chance, I think it'll definitely grow on you and it's a good way to get into early to mid-90s New York hip-hop. So yeah, first album, Illmatic by Nas. Peep that shit. Also, if you like Illmatic, his second album, It Was Written, isn't as dope as Illmatic, but it's still a banging-ass record. So the second album that I want to talk to you guys about is Dr. Dre's Chronic. I don't know, I kind of call it the LA Riots album. So there was a lot of shit going on in LA and this album, dropped around that time on December 15th 1992 it was released on Death Row Records of course you guys probably know that Dr. Dre was a part of NWA and because Easy and Jerry Heller were being hella shysty and shit excuse the pun Ice Cube basically left the crew first and then Dr. Dre followed and Dr. Dre started Death Row Records with Suge Knight there's a lot of history there if you're interested in learning about NWA and you haven't really paid attention to any of that stuff and maybe look into the movie Straight Outta Compton which was absolutely amazing. It's actually done really well. It's like a Hollywood movie. It doesn't really have that like cheap B-grade kind of feel that I don't know All Eyes on Me was a little bit like that whereas Straight Outta Compton had you know a real Hollywood type of touch. But yeah we're not here to talk about that so Dre basically starts this label death row records with suge knight suge knight's not a rapper but it was the muscle they were shopping this album and this is something that i can't really believe if you guys watch the documentary the defiant ones 
They were shopping this album in New York. They were literally taking it everywhere to, you know, try and release it and shit. But it was still signed to Easy's label with Jerry Heller. And I think a lot of recording companies didn't really want to deal with that shit at the time. And, you know, there's a lot of crazy stories where Suge Knight beat Easy E up, which is totally bullshit. Because if you watch anything on Vlad TV, like Easy E was a serious, serious guy and he was part of the Crips. And most of Los Angeles is actually run by the Crips and Suge Knight being a blood people are saying that there's no way that he could have laid hands on Easy and shit so the person that really sorted all of that shit out for Dr. Dre was Jimmy Levine he's a master at getting people out of their contracts and he got Dre out of that contract with Easy and Jerry um, this album here without like talking about more of the behind the scenes and shit this is something that I would really recommend to you guys and it's such an amazing album. I think the chemistry between Dr. Dre and Snoop is out of this world and Dr. Dre isn't really known for being a great rapper and shit. He's more known for being a dope producer but on this album he pulled it off man. I think the balance of having Snoop definitely helped. I think if he was rhyming by himself it wouldn't have been as dope as it is but because Snoop's on here as well he was just like I'm gonna go solo but I'm gonna take this other dude with me and um we're gonna shoot for the stars and aim for the moon and shit and they sure did and the album what does it say the chronic peaked at number three in the billboard 200 and has been certified three times platinum so yeah this album was literally everywhere in the early 90s I'm looking at the back of the album right now and in big letters it says produced by Suge Knight which is crazy because this whole album was produced by Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, the DOC, Corrupt, Jewel, Daz, Rage and RBX. So you got Corrupt and Daz who were basically the dog pound. Daz did a lot of production as well back in the days. He ended up suing Death Row Records and winning 25 million. But yeah, this is the second album that I wanted to talk about. So the first one was Narcissilmatic, which was a New York album. This album here dropped in 1992 and it's an LA album and it's one of my all-time favorites. This is an album that got me into hip-hop pretty much. I only had about five or six different albums at this stage when I bought Dr. Dre's Chronic. It was literally one of the first albums in my collection, so highly recommended. So we're going from New York to the West Coast and this is going to lead into the third album that I want to recommend. So the third album that I want to recommend is Snoop. Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. And I know a lot of you out there are going to be like, man, are you recommending these albums? There are so many other albums. And you're right. There were so many albums that dropped in the 90s. But I wanted to recommend five albums to people that are trying to get into older hip hop. I'm recommending these albums because Nas's album only has nine tracks. It's a little bit easier to digest. It's literally voted the best album of all time. Dr. Dre and Snoop came in with this like G-Funk party vibe and as hardcore as Dre's album is, Snoop's album is a little bit more kind of like on the party side of things and it's still hardcore but it's very LA, you know, sunshine, nice looking girls, you know, weed, you got barbecues, good times, you know. 
The worst thing is that Snoop was never the same after this album. I think the album that dropped after Doggy Style was The Dogfather and he had adopted that real laid back chilled style by then and he wasn't like the OG Snoop Dogg from Doggy Style. So I think as a newcomer into hip hop you could definitely see yourself listening to these three albums so far that I've recommended and you could potentially start to veer off into different things. If you listen to Narcissilmatic you might be able to veer off into it was written by Nas then you might go to main sources Breaking Adams then there are a lot of other East Coast albums that came out at the time like Biggie's Ready to Die then you've got 36 Chambers from Wu-Tang Clan you know the list goes on and on but these are just the albums that I'm recommending for newcomers to start with so yeah for any of you guys that are like Dre why are you recommending these albums and shit just know that this isn't a podcast for older heads though Snoop's Doggy Style came out on the 23rd of November 1993 on Death Row Records. The album was extremely successful back then, man. I remember the whole world going crazy over this shit. And just like Dr. Dre's album a year before that going three times platinum, Snoop's album literally debuted on the billboard top 200 and that number one it sold 806,000 copies in its first week, which is fucking insane so nasa's illmatic that sold 63,000 in its first week snoops doggy style 806,000 copies in its first week it just tells you how big this thing was he had that track what's my name it was huge all across the world and um by november 2015 the album had sold 7 million copies in the united states and over 11 million copies worldwide so I'm not trying to steer you guys wrong. Stats speak for themselves on this one. And if you haven't heard Doggy Style start to end banger, I know all the words to this. I remember back in the days, I think it was like 94, 95, I was in year 10. I knew every single word to this album and I had it in my Walkman for fucking six months until the tape busted. It's kind of like an extension of Dre's Chronic. I think a lot of you guys, if you haven't heard it, you're going to like this one. On to the next. Okay, so we've done New York, we've gone over to the West Coast, and now we're going to Southern America, it's kind of like the East Coast, but down South, of course, we're talking about Outcast with Andre 3000 and Big Boy. This album, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music, was recorded in 93, 94, and they worked with the production team Organized Noise, which led to the signing to LaFace Records, which of course was owned by L.A. Reid and Babyface, who was a real famous singer-songwriter back in the days, and... That was their record label in Atlanta. Before that, there wasn't really a lot of shit going on in Atlanta, but this is one of my favorite albums from the 90s. And when there was a lot of that tension going on between the East Coast and the West Coast, it was so funny because in 95 at the Source Awards, our cast had won Best New Rap Group because of this album here. And as they were walking onto the stage, everybody was booing them. If you look at the footage, you can find it on YouTube if you type in the Source Awards Outcast winning best new rap group hip-hop was predominantly on the east coast and the west coast and when these guys won and they were walking up to the stage everybody was booing them because in 95 there was so much stuff going on there was so many amazing artists coming out but outcast won it and rightfully so this album southern playalistic cadillac music this is an absolute masterpiece you know just like nasa's illmatic and dre and snoop shit 
They had a track on here called Players Ball. And, you know, there were just so many other dope tracks on this. And this is an album that, start to end, it's one of those albums where all the tracks kind of gel with each other and it has a certain style. It's not New York sounding. It's not West Coast sounding. It's like Atlanta. I feel like this was the first time that Atlanta was being put on the map. And these two dudes were seriously putting Atlanta on the map. There wasn't really a lot going on. Now there's a lot of artists coming from Atlanta. Like, there's so many any artists coming out of there but back then there just wasn't when they're getting booed big boy gives his little speech and then he's like yo dre come to the microphone and andre was just like yo man you know you think that we're trying to shop our demo or some shit so you guys need to recognize us as andre 3000's trying to give his speech people were just talking and they're booing and talking it's like they're not even on stage and shit but he's just like the south has something to say i recommend this album over so many other albums for the 90s and i know there's probably going to be a lot of other hip-hop heads that don't really agree with me and there are other hip-hop heads that think that their second album aliens was actually better than their first i don't really agree with that i think that if you were around in the 90s when this came out there was nothing that could really outshine southern playlistic cadillac music but aliens their second album is really dope they have a whole bunch of dope albums but um, I would definitely recommend you guys starting at the first album. So I've got you covered in New York and I've got you covered in the West Coast. Now we're going down to Hotlanta, Atlanta. And we're going to finish off strong with one of my favorite groups of all time. They only did one dope album. Their first album wasn't really that accepted by real hardcore hip-hop fans. And of course, I'm talking about the Fugees and the album is called The Score. The three members of the Fugees are White Clef Gene and Praz and Lauren Hill. You guys probably know about the song Killing Me Softly. Lauren Hill sings it and we all know that Killing Me Softly was an older song. From what I remember, the Fugees wanted to sample this song or remix this song or something like that, but they wouldn't allow it and they just allowed them to do a cover of it. In 1996, 97, this was like one of the hottest songs that had ever come out. And it's not like these days where a song's only hot for like a couple of weeks or a month or whatever. This song was ringing out for like a good fucking couple of years even to this day when you hear the shit like it's a, an amazing track but the whole album the score is just a really amazing and dope album came out in 1996 also on columbia just like nasa's shit and i really can't recommend this album enough like the rapping the themes and the interludes they really reinvented themselves from their first album and they came out with this album the score they're from new jersey and a lot of people after their first first album weren't really taking the Fugees all that seriously and then when they came out with this like the whole world was paying attention I want to tell you guys a small little story around 96 97 I was 17 18 years old I remember going to an underage club in Adelaide and it was like an R&B hip-hop club they had two different rooms and you had to walk through the R&B room to get to the hip-hop room this was the first time that I'd heard killing me softly by the Fugees and I remember just stopping in my tracks and being surrounded by the speakers and there was people everywhere and it was like an out-of-body experience 
I didn't have a lot of these in my life, but I definitely had a few of these where I'd fucking hear a track and I'd be like, holy shit, it just felt like my soul and everything had just left my body and I was in this fucking trance. It's like when you hit a big bell and it's just ringing or like when you get punched in the head or some shit like that, your whole head's ringing and shit. That's what it was like as I had this club and I could not believe this song. The first time I heard it on good speakers, I was just like, who is this? And I didn't even know who it was yet. I didn't know it was Lauren Hill from the Fugees. I didn't know it was a Fugees remake of this track. I didn't know that it was an old track. So it was just an absolutely surreal experience. And I can't really recommend this album enough. The track, how many mics are ready or not. Just some of the rapping on here. The track, the score, the mask, cowboys, you know, you got no woman, no cry. So yeah, that's album number five, Fuji's The Score. Um, Lauren Hill's album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, is also an amazing hip-hop album. If you guys just want to check out something, you know, from a female perspective, it's like R&B hip-hop, but she is really amazing on there. I'm not the biggest fan of female MCs, but that album there, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, is just something that I really highly recommend for you guys if you haven't peeped it. So yeah, what do you guys think? That's the five albums, you know, I randomly just pulled them off the shelf. I know there are a lot of other albums from the 90s that maybe some other older hip-hop heads would have recommended for the new generation but i wanted to start it off here and if this podcast does well i'll pull out another five albums we'll talk about wu-tang and we'll talk about biggie and we'll talk about some other shit from the west coast and it's just about teaching the next generation and if you guys haven't peeped some albums from the 90s this is a really good place to start so at number one we had nasa's illmatic at number two we had dr dre the chronic number three was snoop Doggy style. Number four was Outcast, Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Music. And the last one was Fuji's The Score. So yeah, guys, I'm going to leave it there. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys learned something. I really appreciate you guys chilling with me. Till the next time. I'm Drizzlax. This is the Drizzlax Hip Hop Show. Peace.